Yes, sir. But at first, you already know what to do. Hit us up on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, IG, TikTok, YouTube, at 2412pod. You know, we'll be posting up there, keeping y'all up to date with the latest news in sports, man. So go ahead and follow us on all socials and hit us up on all streaming platforms, man. Leave us a nice like and review. We appreciate the love as usual. All right, young master, as you mentioned. Take us out to the ball game, man. Yeah, man. Like you mentioned, baseball, WNBA, man, that's all that's going on right now. So you already know we got to give a, a good MLB update, man. In summertime, full swing. It's baseball season out here. Uh, trade deadline actually just happened last week. Uh, a lot of moves went down uh, in the MLB. Uh, we had a lot of MLB teams out here that was buyers this year um, just because a lot of teams still in contention. So you only had a couple teams that was selling. So a lot of starting pitchers and and um, batters on, they're on the market, man. So I'm just going to run down some of the main trades that happened out here at the trade deadline. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm going to go through some of the main ones. Uh, first, we'll start out with the Texas Rangers. They were very aggressive this year during the trade deadline. Uh, they picked up Matt Serzer, uh, starting pitcher from the New York Mets, uh, for minor league infielder Luis Angel Acuna, which is Ronald Acuna's little brother. Uh, he actually went, came through Kinston. I think you've seen him play against your young master one time. Uh, see, I've seen him play uh, the down East Wood does, man. Shout out to Woodies. They ain't going to be here no more. <laughs> Right, it's sad, sad, brother, taking the witties away from the K, bro. Can't have nothing good around here. Very sad, bro, very sad. But, yeah, man, the Mets acquired him. They paid a lot of Matt Scherzer's salary to acquire him. Uh, Very good pickup for them. He instantly became uh, one of the top three prospects. So, of course, he got that Acuna last name. His big brother, Ronald Acuna Jr. for the Braves, is one of the best players in baseball. So, if he turned out to be half the player his brother is, man, that's a great deal for the Mets. Mets, the most disappointing team this year in baseball. Highest payroll coming to the season. Spent a ton of money this offseason. And they've just been terrible all year. So they decided to be sellers this year and shed a lot of bad contracts, including Matt Serger. So Texas picked him up. Um, next trade, we have Stan in the state of Texas. The Houston Astros picked up an old friend, man, Justin Verlander. Also acquired him from the New York Mets for minor leaguers. Outfielder Drew Gilbert and outfielder Ryan Clifford. Uh, great pickup for Houston. Uh, once again, they in contention. Verlander was clutch for them when he was there. So I like uh, Verlander reuniting with manager Dusty Baker, man. It's a good pickup for them. That's up at a relief pitcher, Kendall Grayman, also a former Astro from the White Sox. Had the Rangers again make another um, trade, picking up starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals. Just continue to strengthen that rotation. Uh, their offense is one of the best in baseball, but they had some pitching concerns going into the deadline especially with um, Jacob DeGrom out for the season. Had to have Tommy John surgery once again, man. So great pickups for the Texas Rangers, uh, just being aggressive at the deadline. Uh, Toronto picked a uh, reliever pitcher, Jordan Hicks from the St. Louis Cardinals, one of the hardest throwers in baseball. Ton of bullpen help held them out right there. The Dodgers picked up pitcher Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox for out for the Trace Thompson, who is Clay Thompson's brother. Uh, 
them Thompson jeans run strong, man. So shout out to Trace Thompson. Staying in LA. The Angels. A lot of rumors out there that they might trade star player, uh, outfielder slash starting pitcher Shohei Otani. Uh, but the Angels decided to be buyers instead of sellers. I uh, think they have a chance in the wild card race. So uh, they became aggressive at the deadline, kept Otani, and they picked up starting pitcher Lucas Giolito and relief pitcher Renato Lopez from the Chicago White Sox to help bolster that pitching staff. And they brought in some more bats. Uh, first baseman CJ Crone and outfielder Randall Gredget from the Colorado Rockies. Uh, two former Angels right there also. Uh, Mike Trout has been out for a while, so they definitely needed to bolster their offense. So hey, the Angels said they was going all in, kept Otani, so they're going to take a chance and see if they can make a playoff run last couple months of the season. Then we had the Miami Marlins. They made two deals, three deals actually. They got uh, first baseman Josh Bill, um, relief pitcher Jorge Lopez from the Twins, and closing pitcher David Robinson from the Mets. Um, they ended up thinking of the wild card race, man, so Miami trying to make a push. Standing in the NL East, the Phillies got starting pitcher Michael Lorenzo from the Tigers. Great pickup for them. He's been one of the better and more underrated pitchers this year uh, for Detroit. Um, had a great first start with the Phillies, going eight innings, only giving up one run. My Braves picked up reliever pitcher Bradham from Colorado and infielder Nicky Lopez from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, just helped bolster their bullpen and needed a backup infielder because uh, the Braves never get their regulars anytime. Also, Lopez definitely going to be a help for the bench. Basically, they gave up nothing. The Braves could have went out and potentially added another starting pitcher to the rotation, but they're basically just looking uh, for help. Uh, Matt Spree retiring for them, and Kyle Wright's coming back soon also. So um, the Braves GM, Double A, one of the best in the business, Alex Anthopoulos. So I trust his decision-making out here. Then the final trade uh, I'm going to highlight is Baltimore picking up Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals. Love this move for Baltimore. Definitely one of the biggest surprises up-and-coming teams in the league this year. Picking up a veteran pitcher from St. Louis for the Chiefs. I like that. They're making a run out there in the AL East. Uh, my winners and losers are the trade deadline. Winners, I got the two Texas teams, the Rangers and the um, Houston Astros. I like them just being aggressive, picking up uh, them starting pitchers, Matt Serger, Verlander, and some relief pitching help. Uh, they both making runs in their division, so I love those moves. They really didn't give up much, honestly. Then the New York Mets. Just facing reality that they having a disappointing season, cutting their losses, got rid of a lot of salary, and got a lot of good young prospects back, man. So, hating the Mets in general because they're the Braves rival, but they did a great job at the deadline, getting rid of some of the veterans and cutting salary, bringing in some good prospects. Um, my two losers, the LA Angels, like I mentioned earlier, had an opportunity to trade Otani. I understand he's a generational talent, but they aren't going anywhere this year. They've only won one game since the trade deadline. And they're falling like five games back in the wild card race, man. They're behind four different teams. So it's looking very bleak when they're making the playoffs. Uh, them just going all in, acquiring all these players. I understand being aggressive, but there's like a golden opportunity. They could have traded Otani and basically got some great prospects back because they had one of the worst minor league systems in baseball. So, man, they definitely lose for me. And my second loser is the New York Yankees. The Yankees needed a ton of help offensively. They went out and did nothing. All they did was bring in one. Um, late in the reliever, which didn't help at all. So they in the best division of baseball, the ALE. So I don't really see the Yankees doing much in the second half of the season. That's it. Everything from the MLB trade deadline. I'm going to go over my power rankings for baseball. Uh, these are the end of July power rankings post deadline. Um, posted this on our socials last week. Um, got the Braves, my Atlanta Braves, number one, with a record of 67 and 37. Best record in baseball. Baltimore Orioles, number two. 
one of the surprises in baseball, 65 and 41. Uh, three Tampa Bay Rays, 65 and 44. Been pretty solid all year. Behind them, I got the Texas Rangers at 60 and 46. Uh, fifth, I got the LA Dodgers at 59 and 45. Astros at 60 and 47. Cincinnati Reds coming in at 59 and 49. Blue Jays at 8, 59 and 48. Phillies at 9, 57 49. And then running out the top 10 of the power rankings, the San Francisco Giants, 58 49. And as I stated earlier, these records are post July. So obviously they have changed in the last couple of days, but those are my top 10 power rankings after the trade deadline. And last thing with baseball, quickly going over the division leaders right now Baltimore is up in the AL East. Uh, the Twins leading the American League Central. American League West, you got the Texas Rangers in first place. National League, the Atlanta Braves, first place in the NL East, best record in baseball. Brewers leading the um, NL Central. And Dodgers leading the National League West, man. So, yeah, a lot been going on this summer with baseball. Uh, attendance and viewings actually got with baseball this year since they have changed the rules. The game's more faster paced right now. Got a lot of young, exciting players out here like Acuna. Uh, Shohei Otani, that's very good for the game, man. So, yeah, shout out to them Braves, though. Still best working in baseball. Let's get it. Well, we're going to have to do a segment where you explain some of this stuff to me in NBA, NFL terms or something. <laughs> I know. So I can feel it or something. You feel me? Facts. Definitely going to do that because baseball is definitely, if you didn't grow up watching it or if you don't really follow it, it definitely can be. Kind of confusing to follow along with, man, but it's definitely an interesting game for sure. But yeah, that was that was a lot going on though. But it it do seem like baseball coming, it's kind of making a comeback though. I can I can I can feel it. Yeah, especially with uh, Shohei Otani. For real, Shohei might end up being the best player we ever seen. Because I mean, you literally got a guy in Major League Baseball. That pitches one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he also hits the same game, and also one of the best hitters. Like that, that's unheard of. It takes elite athleticism to pull that off. I uh, see. He was the first player to reach a uh, forty home runs this season. I think. Yep, lead the league in home runs. Yeah, and one of the best ERAs out there. Like he literally plays two ways in the same game. That's just like if an NFL player play two ways, like play offense and defense in the NFL in the same game and was dominant on both sides of the ball. That'd be crazy. It's kind of like <clears throat> Deion Sanders, but he ain't get to play, you feel me, the offensive side of the ball as much. Right. I wonder how it would have been if, like, the NFL, because, you know, like, they do that all the time in high school. Guys play two ways in high school all the time. So I wonder how it exactly. would be if NFL let a guy go out there and play both sides of the ball. Like, that'd be crazy. Man, he would have to be some type of I don't even know like <laughs> what type of talent he would have to be or for somebody to allow allow that to happen in today's league. Facts, cause especially with these guys in the NFL, man, like the injury risk would be crazy though. You go out there and try to tackle somebody and then come on the other side and let's say you play running back a wide receiver, like yeah. Oh no, nah. I was about to say nah, especially couldn't do it as no running back. No, nope. definitely couldn't do it. You would That's probably have to be a wide receiver and, and like a, a safety or a cornerback Corner. or something. <laughs> you know, that's the only that's that's the only thing you could do, bro. You can't do no other position on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball and just have it correlate. Facts. Not at all, bro. Not at all. But yeah, man, baseball uh season got a couple more months left in the season. Uh, it's going to be interesting. A lot of divisions are close right now. 
So, you know, I keep y'all posted on our socials with all the latest news. And uh, I know you saw the, the Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez little brawl last night. Bro, Louie took his glove off, squared up. Hey, man. That was, that was, I ain't gonna lie, that was all karma for bro. If you know his situation and what he had going <laughs> yep. on with the mysteries and stuff like that, that was just, him getting embarrassed on TV like that was just all karma, bro. And it's really crazy because he really got slumped. <laughs> he really got slumped on TV, though. Like, it's crazy. For real, that's exactly what they were saying on the shade room, bro. Everybody was like, that's karma for what he was out there doing. But he, bro, literally took Man. his gloves all squared up and still got slumped. That's why. And it's crazy because I've been watching uh, a lot of. I'm probably say this, say this again later. I've been watching a lot of boxing lately, so it's it's really crazy after the Terrence, uh, the Bud Crawford and Errol Spence fight. But it's crazy how that just happened after I've been watching all that, and then it happens to him out of everybody after all he right. did and went through. It, it was karma, bro. It, it was funny though. <laughs> The aftermath video was definitely funny though. They had to carry this man back like he had a concussion. Like he really, like he really <laughs> rocked, bro. <laughs> Fast that slow mo video. Jose Ramirez called him good, and he just stumbled right on there. I was like, damn, bro. Yeah, baseball really might be bad. We getting fights like this for real, man. Like baseball and hockey, are the only two sports where they literally let the teams basically like brawl before they even try to break it up. For real, all the other sports like. You know, basketball, football, they're going to try to get in there and try to break that mess up and they just be soft with it. But I feel like hockey and baseball, they'll legit let you get some punches off. That's exactly what we like to see, too. Exactly. Bro, you looking at a video, the umpire was standing there. He made a quick business decision. He backed away. He's like, yeah, I ain't messing with it. I ain't even finna get in between, y'all. Y'all make too <laughs> much money. I ain't even finna mess with y'all. Exactly. <laughs> So what, oh, so what we got next, man? Man, you know, we got to, we got to show the ladies some love, man. Uh, WNBA is the other sport that's in season right now. Ashley got the two best teams in, in the league playing right now, the Aces and uh, the New York Liberty. So that would be a perfect segue into our next segment. Got to start out talking about the Las Vegas Aces, man. Uh, they got the best record in the league. They've been dominating this year. They they literally twenty four and two like that's wild. No matter what league you playing, they twenty four and two. Thirteen and zero at home. They basically been dominating. They basically put together a super team this offseason. I ain't gonna lie. But Candace Parker winning signed with them. They was already stacked last year, defending champs. So essentially, they basically like the the Warriors in WBA right now. When the Warriors was in their prime run, when they had Steph, Clay, Dre, and KD, because nobody beating them. Honestly, let's be real. Um. They first in points per game in the league, averaging 94.4. Second in opponent's points per game, only giving up 78.9. They got a plus 15-point differential, which means they're basically blowing out everybody they play. First in field goal percentage, shooting 50% from the field. First in blocks at 5.3 blocks per game. Then they're bit for Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and Chelsea Gray, man, the best tandem in the whole league. Like, nobody's stopping them as long as they stay healthy. Uh, Asia Wilson. Uh, reigning MVP, she averaging 20 points, 9.5 rebounds, and two assists per game. She been like that going back to her South Carolina days, man. Definitely one of my favorite players to watch out here in WNBA. My other girl, Kelsey Plum, 19 points per game, 4.2 assists. Jackie Young, 18 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 3.6 assists. And Chelsea Gray averaging 14.6 assists, 
and three rebounds per game. So, yeah, the Aces pretty much is out here dominating. And they, Candace Parker been her for most of the year, too, so they really don't even need her for real. So, if she come back during the playoffs, it's really lights out for everybody else. I uh, see. As everybody should know the Aces are my. You feel me? I think yes, that's the team. Yes, my new favorite team. You know, yep. you know, Brady got some, got some. Uh, you know, got some stake in the team. So that's my new favorite WNBA team. Great team to pull for. Uh, they really fun to watch. For real, watching them right now. So Brady made a good business decision. I feel like if any team in the W was to ever pop off, it'll be the Aces. Just because they play in Vegas, it's Vegas. I mean, it's a great market for it. Um. Uh, to me, they got a lot of marketable players like Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and then they got Becky Hammond as the head coach. Came from the Popovich Street, man. So I feel like they got they got the nucleus to be something for real. So definitely like the, the Vegas Aces out here. So you know Brady, he gonna make some good business decisions. So I feel like he know what he was doing with that one. Uh, so yeah, we really we really out here in the in the, in the, uh, the next world after football, man. You know we making a lot of. Real good business decisions out here, man. Maybe not with crypto, but, you know, everything else. I feel like we're making some good business decisions. Facts. He went along with that crypto stuff. <laughs> a lot of them guys got caught out there with that. Oh, man. Well, the league standings right now, the second best team is the New York Liberty. Like I mentioned earlier, they 29 and 6. It's right behind Vegas. Sabrina Inescu going crazy this year. Brianna Stewart, John Quill Jones, Courtney Vandersloot. If anybody can give Vegas a run, it's them. Both those teams basically created super teams for real. They they the two standalone teams in the league. You got Connecticut behind them at twenty and seven, Dallas fifteen and twelve behind them, Atlanta fourteen and thirteen, Washington thirteen and thirteen, Minnesota thirteen and fifteen, Chicago eleven and fifteen, and then L.A., Seattle, Indiana, and Phoenix currently out of the playoff picture right now. Um, speaking of Phoenix, got a shout out down to Rossi too. Uh, she reached 10,000 career points, becoming the first player in WNBA history to do so. So shout out to Diana Taurasi, man. She also dropped a 42-piece while doing it. To me, she the female Kobe for real. Like, just her mentality on the court. She been dominant for so long, going back to her UConn day. So if there was ever a female hooper, I would compare to Kobe with the mentality and just being able to, like, go out there and just have that mom mentality, man. It's definitely Diana Taurasi, man. So shout out, Diana. I uh, say so yeah, they call her the the white mamba, right? Oh, what is it? The feet. I forgot what it was, but yeah, she she is the greatest. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand angle out of ten thousand points is crazy for her to be the first to do it. Right. And I think they said, uh, I think I think she hit she hit it at like like eight twenty four on the clock or something like that. it was. Something, I think it was the ten thousand. It was something mm-hmm. crazy like that on some crazy stuff. Yeah, like Kobe loved her too, right? She was like Kobe's favorite WNBA player for real. Like they, they was close and Kobe was living. So, I mean, it's only right that she did it when that when that happened with that, with that 24 and 8, whatever it was that happened, uh, it was still dope. And she like 40 years old it too. That's the crazy thing. That's what I'm saying. I think, yeah, I seen something else. I think it was her and Jordan was like the only two to have a 40-point game in their 40s or something like that. Yep. Which is wild. That's some elite, some, yeah, some elite company to be in. Right. She been around forever, bro. She was dominated at UConn with Sue Bird way back in like early 2000s. So she been hooping forever, dominating out here. Living legend. Yeah, boy, she, yeah, she, she could probably play forever if she wanted to. 
for real, because she ain't even slowing down. <laughs> like, that's the crazy thing. So she just going to retire probably whenever she feels like it, man. So shout out to Rossi once again. Um, also, shout out to another, another WNBA player who we've been highlighting with our WNBA Wednesdays. Definitely check WNBA Wednesdays out, man. Something that we've been going through starting on Instagram every Wednesday. Highlighting something about the WNBA. Uh, Lisa Thomas, four for the Connecticut Sun. Uh, she had five triple-doubles on the season, which is more than all WNBA players combined this year. And she became the first player in league history to record a 25-15-10 game. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out mm. Alyssa Thomas, man. Just doing the all-around work. She been like that, too, going back to her Maryland days in college. So, yeah, just had to get her a quick shout-out there, man, the triple-double. That's impressive. All right, so you said 25, 15, and 10? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, I said that's what that's what nobody's doing that in WNBA history. I was about to say, that's hard to do WNBA, NBA. That's hard. Exactly. And you so, said yeah. five triple that was more than any team. That's crazy. That's crazy too. Exactly. This this whole year. So that's why I see one player and and more triple doubles than anybody else in the whole league combined. So I definitely had to give her a quick shout out with that. Well, another WA talk we gotta to touch on, man. We was talking about it before we came on. Talk about our girl Skylar Diggins, man, and her situation. With the Phoenix Mercury, it's just crazy. I let you know what t- tell them what the tweet said, bro. <laughs> so basically, it was it was Skylar's birthday, you know, happy belated, you know. But so all the Phoenix Phoenix, you know, they would they would post all their players on their birthday, right? And so it was kind of people were thinking it was kind of suspicious that they didn't post Skylar on her birthday. So Skylar came out with a tweet. And to sum it up, the tweet basically said, you know, we're only, like, connected or associated when it comes to the check. So, basically, they're still paying her. But since she's away from the team, she can't use nothing involving the team, like, for, like the weight room, any facility, trainers, like, chef, like, nothing dealing with the team. She can't be associated with and it's kind of crazy i honestly don't understand it and we don't know if this is just like a phoenix mercury problem or a wnba problem but either way it's a wnba problem because that's just not a good look at all or that's just not a good look at all at all bro this is like one of your franchise cornerstone players one of the most marketable faces in the whole league everybody knows who scholar diggers is i don't care if you watch female hoops or not everybody knows scholar everybody notices her notre dame days like she goes out there and plays hard all the time, most time time all star, and she got here and get pregnant, and this is how you treat her to, like that's wild. Like lock her out of facilities. It's like the mean. I forgot who it was. The NFL player. Was Jamal get, Adams. Yeah. It was Jamal Adams. <laughs> that's the mean. I, I, bro, I said, he tried to he tried, he tried to get to the facility. He, they locked the door. And that's exactly how they did her for real. That's crazy. I can't believe they're doing her dirty like that, man. I remember when she first signed with them. I thought he was about to be a super team. I was like, they ain't heard to Rossi and Brittany Grunner on the same team. I was like, hey, they low-key about to be a super team out here. See how that worked out. Right. Nothing ever came about it. Tarasi, she had some injury problems. Skylar, she got pregnant. And, you know, the Brittany Grunner situation. So, we ain't going to never see those three play together again for real. I just hope I just hope Skylar get to go to a good team, you know. 
so she can resurrect her career because she still got game out here, man. So they need to go ahead and trade her this all season so she can get back out there and start hooping again next year. Cause I definitely miss watching her play. But now somebody gotta get to the bottom of that though. That's yeah. that's wild. And it definitely so, ain't known for stuff like that too. Cause I don't know if you heard about Dierica Hamby. She played for the Aces last year. She currently played for the Los Angeles Sparks. Like basically, they kind of like blackmailed her after she got pregnant, and basically did similar things to her and were trying to get her all her money. So she basically uh, put in a complaint to like sue the Aces, and I think she won too. And I know um, the Aces got fined this year, and um, Becky Hammond got suspended for, like, the first couple games because of that situation. So it's a WNBA problem for real when these girls go out here and get pregnant. Dang, that's, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, you, I don't even, like, especially it's the league full of women. How can you not expect? <laughs> like, how can you not expect that to happen? Like, Exactly. You should, you, should be, you should be prepared for that, like. Exactly. And they basically wanted to keep like playing through it and all that stuff, knowing they're pregnant, <laughs> like putting the, the unborn kid health at risk. Like, that's wild. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's super wild. And they, yeah, they do be doing it, which is like, but man, I, man, I, I'm just speechless. I don't even know what else to say about it, bro. I'm just, right. Like you said, bro, it's the it's WNBA. It's women. Like, they're going to get pregnant and someone's going to get pregnant. Like, you got to, how you how you gonna blackmail somebody for getting pregnant? Like that's that's wild. Unless it was like a part of some scandal or something. But like, nah, they just they just you know having casual sex in their in their in their regular life off the court, and you just get blackmailing for that. Like, what is right? <laughs> wow, man! Wow, how how is the how is the the women's league sexist against itself. What that yeah, don't even make sense. Like, exactly. That just, <laughs> that's crazy. I just thought of that. That just that makes no sense at all. That's crazy. In the regular world, man, you know, when we get pregnant, they keep working for a little while, but you know they go on maternity leave and all this stuff. So that's crazy. And WBA don't even want them them to handle time off. Like yeah, I bet you it's probably some some contracts out there. It's like man, no having sex during the season. Right, it, it, it got to be something in there. Like, yo, it's probably some it crazy stuff. Be something in there that keeps them from like having sex during the season. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't understand it. We already know how these owners be that on these professional teams where they only think about themselves first. They don't be thinking about nobody else. They don't really care about the players deep down. Oh, I say, as we can see. Right. Yeah, man. It's crazy stuff going in the W. Still been an overall great season. So, yeah, y'all go ahead and, and still check them out, though. Check the Aces out, the Liberty on other teams play. Uh, they got, like, another month left for their season. Then their playoffs are going to start probably the beginning of September. So, once again, like, with our socials, we're going to do our best to keep y'all posted about things going on in the W and check out our W NBA Wednesdays on IG man every Wednesday for some update WNBA information. All right, bro, we're gonna stick with basketball instead of the W. We're gonna go to the NBA now. Uh since the last time we was on, we had two star players in the NBA uh request trades. Uh Damian Lillard and James Harden. Damian Lillard wants to go to Miami and James wants to go to the Clippers. So I wanna ask man how you feel about those two requesting trades and 
do you think they're right for, you know, singling out those selected teams that they want to go to? I mean, James Harden, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they already got rest. So what are they going to do with it if, if they really wanted to do that? Fast, I forgot all about the rust thing. That fit would be kind of crazy. I mean, I guess. It's like, so what you going to do? I mean, I guess at Russ is there. They already resigning, so I guess Russ just gonna come off the bench, and then you are gonna have James out there playing starting point guard. And but it, that that nucleus just don't work though, because James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi. This is not a good nucleus. Like for one, Kawhi and PG, two of the most injury prone players in the league. You never know when they're gonna be on the court. And then you got James Harden, who's one of the most inconsistent players in the league, who doesn't play any defense. So it's just like that's a, that's a weird. <laughs> There's no make sense. It don't make sense at all, for real, for real. Cause it's like, I ain't gonna lie, you got they all gonna be the hammy boys, Kawhi, Paul, George, and uh whatchamacallit, <laughs> they're gonna be the hammy boys. The hammy boys. You feel me? Then you got Russ. I don't even I ain't gonna lie, it would he him coming out the second unit would be nice, but I just don't know how this is gonna fit. Yeah, and that's gonna be a lot of money tied up. Yes, and the Clippers the already. Though, the, it's about time for him. To, it's it's about time for him. he should have been gone. But yeah, James it's like three four it, years too late for Dame. He should have been requested this trade. Yeah, both of them are kind of like slippery slopes because it's like on one on one hand it's like James would it like he still can give you a solid you know twenty and ten you know twenty and twelve, but you feel me. Is it gonna come when it matters the most? And then for Dame, it just he should have been gone. You bought out your prime now, so it's just like you can still contribute, but like you probably won't be like the like the undisputed best player on the championship team. Exactly. Like I understand the Dame situation because like I said, he he deserved to request a trade. Portland hasn't put anything around him in all these years. And he deserved to be able to kind of navigate wherever you kind of want to go. James, I don't see it the same way. I mean, if you want to go to the Clippers, he should have just opted out his contract and just signed a minimum deal or something if you want to go there that bad. So, and then James Harden situation, he, the way he is at his career, he got to be in the perfect situation. Just don't know the Clippers that fit for him. Uh, to me, he just want to get back to LA because that's where he's from. That's where he grew up at. So that's probably the main reason behind that. Uh, him and Daryl Morey don't see eye to eye anymore from the reports out here because James Harden um, said Daryl Morey promised him a long-term contract this offseason after he took a pay cut last offseason. And Daryl Morey basically only wanted to get him another short one-year deal with another like uh, player option attached to it. So James felt like Daryl Morey lying to him and stabbing him in the back with when that. played him. That's crazy. How, I, how you going to play your boy like that? Right. You said you was going to take care of your mans, and now you doing that. <laughs> there, hey, look, Daryl Morey ain't real right, bro. He ain't real right for that. That's crazy. It's a business, though, but he ain't real right for that. <laughs> exactly. He basically said that just so James can take the pay cut last year. <laughs> <laughs> and they about to mess around. I don't even know. Trey and B. I don't know what, I don't know what Philly got going on. Yeah, Philly's a mess right now. They a mess. They can't get out of the second round. I really don't see the light in the tunnel for them because if they run it back this year with or without James, to me it's going to be the same situation. They're still not going to beat Boston. They're still not going to beat a healthy Milwaukee team. And they probably can't even beat Miami either. So, I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't see them getting out of the second round again. 
Hell, might not even be the first round. Exactly. The way they be playing, man. I can see a team like the Knicks or somebody messing around and beating them early on. <laughs> a Cleveland, for real. Yep, Cleveland. Yep. I just don't trust it. Don't, the process is over with. It ain't no more trusting the process. Well, the process done turn. I don't even know what it done turned into. The process done turned into a straight. I don't even know. <laughs> the, union, the union done went on straight. <laughs> I don't know what it turned into. Right, right. And the Dane thing, I I get it from both sides. Like, I, I get Dane wanting to choose the team he wants to go to because he deserved it. And then I get Portland wanting to just trade him to wherever they get the most um, talent and draft is back from. But at the end of the day, I hope he end up in Miami because even before he requested a trade, Miami was a team. I was like, yeah, that's the team I want to see Dane play with the most just because I think he fit in with the Heat culture. Him, Bam, and Jimmy will be nasty. And the one thing that Miami has been missing is another go-to scorer. So, to me, Dane will potentially be the missing piece for them down there in Miami. I would love to see Dane play for a coach like Coach Spo. So, man, I would just love to see that work. So, hopefully, they find a way to get a deal at some point. Uh, I know they said Portland was not interested in taking Tyler Hero back. So, they're going to have to find a way to send Tyler Hero to another team to get more draft assets. Then reroute those draft assets back to Portland. And throwing a couple other young players like Nikola Jovic, um, Hami Hakez, and whoever else they got, man. That's a young player on Miami. So we'll see if it happens. Sending him to Utah. Hero. He gonna end up in he gonna end up in Utah. <laughs> I can see that. Well, he just feel like a Utah player, no lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's like with the place where everybody saying he was gonna go at first when I, I, uh, he started uh, when the trade starts trade talk started happening. <laughs> they was like, pack your bags, you headed to Utah. <laughs> you headed to Salt Lake City. Hey, Tyler Hero going to be looking in the pictures like Jordan Poole looking depressed. Cause you know, that lifestyle, bro, he's so used to that Miami lifestyle. Going from that to Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. He finna, <laughs> he finna come back beard all scruffy. <laughs> Father like fatherhood done got to him. <laughs> that would be wild to him in Utah. Then. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> It would be. It'd be a rock star in Utah, though. <laughs> he would. It'd be. It'd be a rock star in Utah, man. Everybody be rocking him, that him Utah and, talent. Larry marketing it. Yeah, man. What the fourteen Utah joint? If, if if that's not, if it's not retired, if he can wear it, but that that yeah, I, you'll be seeing a lot of a lot of white boys in the in the fourteen Utah Jazz Tyler heroes. Yup. They probably get in a throwback too, John. Like the when they had the um, mountains on the jersey back in the nineties. Nah, the that. throwback would be the throwback would be crazy though. Be I would tough. even I would even might have to cop the throwback. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll be tough. <laughs> oh man! So staying staying on the NBA, man. We gotta talk about these these boys getting to this bag, man. Yes, sir. Jalen Brown and Anthony Davis both got the bag over this past week. Um, they both signed uh, a record. Creation, create, creation. Hansel Emanuel and Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. You know, Hansel. Hey, Chill. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. That joke, that joke, that joke was too funny, bro. That joke was too funny. Right. I don't know why they had to cook. They, Jay called, they called. They called the man Hansel Emanuel because he ain't got no left hand. Basically, <laughs> that was crazy. But yeah, 
They took it too AD far. AD and Jalen Brown. They they did take it too far, bro. They took they took it too far, bro. But <laughs> AD and Jalen Brown, you know, secured the bag, got the extensions. Jalen Brown, when he first signed, had the richest contract in NBA history. I forgot what Anthony Davis was. I think he was, I think he on that list now too, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. Or he I think he do he he does have the richest contract now. Yeah, he surpassed them because I think they they added it to what he's making currently. Um, Jalen signed a five year deal for three hundred three million dollars, and AD signed a three year deal for one hundred eighty six million. But they basically tacked it on, I guess, to his current deal, which making more than Jalen Brown's. If that made sense, I guess. But I guess that made sense. Like you counting the extension is crazy. Like you you tagging the extension along to the other one is crazy. Right, but you know, f- five more years of the Jays, man. All I can do is is clap it up for that, man. Five more years of the Jays on the Celtics, man. Five more years of the Jays on the Seas. That's how. That's 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 what I like. That's what I like to hear, man. That's what I like to see. Yeah, and in both situations, yes, both players have their downfalls, their limitations. Jalen Brown with his turnovers and no left hand, and Andy Davis staying healthy. But in both situations. I mean, either team didn't really have a choice. I mean, you have to sign both those guys to extensions. I mean, how are you going to replace them anyways? You know, Even if you didn't think, like, the question I was going to ask, do you think they worth it? It don't matter if they was worth it or not. You ain't exactly. had no choice. Exactly. That's the way even though I feel like, Even though I feel like Jalen Brown was worth it, that's just my opinion. Because, bro, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about, you know, Jalen Brown wouldn't even be a number one option on another team, which I feel like that sound real that sound real crazy. You feel me? Because he basically be averaging 25 behind some dude named Jason Tatum that averaged 30. <laughs> so I feel like that sound very asinine and crazy. But I feel like even though, you feel me, he might be handsome, man, you will sometimes, you feel me, he ain't got no, he ain't got no left hand, he can't dribble. Cool. But I feel like he was worth it. I feel like he's worth it. Yeah. Like you said, bro, regardless if we think these guys are worth it or not, that's the way the new NBA. So many guys out here getting max deals. So, I mean, honestly, you got guys way lesser than these guys getting max deals. So, basically, if you are all-star, how are decent, you don't get a max contract. And every year, these contracts are going to keep getting higher and higher. So, you basically got to pay up if you want to keep your players, man. And it's like, the ask that question on Jeff T podcast. Would you rather have... A max contract or a ring? Man, give me the money all day long. Shoot. <laughs> For real, though. They, uh, uh, Gilbert <laughs> joint, they was like, would you rather be Robert Ory? I would say, would you rather... Uh, you basically wait like $100 million or something like that. Bro, give me the $100 mil. Like, yes, I want to get a ring. But in the, the day, I got to look out for me. Like, that's generational exactly. wealth. <laughs> Gotta take, bro. You gotta take the bread every time, bro. You, you like, like Gil said, but you can buy a ring for ten. You can, you can buy a hundred. You can buy a hundred million rings with the money you got. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. People can, can talk and joke all they want to. If I end my career ringless, but if I got a hundred million in the bank, bro, I don't care. I won. Yeah, I'm the one winning at life. <laughs> uh, I say the little. I need. I need the little. I really, I need, I need the little uh, offset, yeah, the offset picture, the, I, the offset I won picture, just, just, just to emphasize the point of I got a hundred million dollars in my bank account, right? I won, and just the fact that to say like I was in the NBA too, like I mean, less than five percent of people in the world make it to the NBA, so just the fact I'll be like I was in the NBA, got a max contract. Chances are, if I got a max deal, I probably made the All Star team multiple times, more accomplishments. 
it's gonna get in bucket. So down long, man, you just win that life if you accomplish all that. But back to the question of it of them being worth it, even though I just said it didn't matter. As a Lakers fan, giving him this money, not knowing how it's gonna go for him, how you how you feel about it? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, of course, there is some question marks, too, because you're playing a guy, Anthony Davis, who's been one of the most injury-prone guys in the league the last couple of years. And end of the day, you know, when he's on the court, he's one of the best players in the league, might be the best defensive player in the league. But, I mean, you already know every year you're going to count on him missing a lot of games. But at the end of the day, same with Jalen Brown. It's like, Lakers really had no other choice, honestly. Basically, we gave up so much for him. And then you want continue like you just want continuous players with your team so you don't want to keep breaking the team up and restarting all over again so you just need uh to keep the nucleus together for as long as you can so i like us keeping anthony davis because at least it gives us a nucleus even after lebron retires at least we can say you know we got our, our young core locked up katie's still young we, at least we can say we got ad austin reeds hachimura etc locked up and then we still have more cap space in the future and to be a more attractive free agent option to potentially attract another star somewhere down the line. So, like I said, even if we got rid of AD or didn't resign him, to me, I mean, is there realistically anybody we could have been like, yeah, guaranteed we can replace him with that's going to be better than him when he's on the court? So, you kind of got to resign him. I mean, it would have been crazy not to. Yeah, man. Because, of course, you always know the phrase, when healthy, if healthy, you know, he could possibly be the best player in the league offensively and defensively when you when you want to talk about it so like we said like we said earlier it don't matter how much we think they was worth it or not the teams they was on that situation has no choice but to sign them because you can't replace you can't replace them at all exactly really can't but yeah these contracts really are getting wild out here though and it's gonna keep getting crazier and crazier Man, I can't even wait to see who's gonna have the richest contract next because it's gonna be before before the season starts. Somebody right. gonna it's gonna be somebody else with the richest contract in NBA history. That's why they just need to quit saying that because somebody gonna surpass them real quick. Like, bro, we year. don't like, bro, we don't care no more. Just <laughs> right. be like, such as a only tell us the day when somebody get a hundred billion, uh, a billion dollars or something in a contract. Right. Like Mahomes almost got. Uh, like a hundred million. Uh, yeah, but I said he basically had five hundred million. Don't don't tell us nothing unless somebody about to hit a billion or something like that. I don't even know what that know what to tell y'all. Exactly. <laughs> Facts. So that's all with our basketball talk for this episode. Uh, we're gonna leave the hardwood and go to the gridiron, man. Start talking about some football. We're getting closer to football season, man. College and NFL. Yes. It's getting getting here. Five more August. Sundays, man. Five more Sundays, man. It's on. Yep. It's on and popping. Like, Five more like Sundays. Said, and I think four more Saturdays to college. So, man, we getting there with, with both college and NFL. Uh, we're going to start off with college, though. Uh, with football talk, man. There's been a lot of realignments going on out here in the college football world. So many different schools uh, switching conferences. Um, the Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC. Um, Big 12, ACC, like everybody just a lot going on, man, with these TV deals. So, 
Uh, we literally had um, USC and UCLA, obviously, last year. And now they joining the Big Ten next year. And now we have Oregon and Washington following them to the Big Ten. Then we got Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah all going to the Big 12. All these teams left the Pac-12 in the dust, man. So Pac-12 is now the Pac-4. So all they left is the Pac-12. <laughs> Literally is Oregon State, Washington State, uh, California, and Stafford. That's all that's left of the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 is basically dead for real, man. They they try to get a new TV deal um, with like Apple TV or something, man. But these the schools that ain't, ain't nobody staying up that that late, bro. Exactly, ain't nobody staying up that late. Especially you just watch both of y'all play each other. Nah, ain't nobody staying up to watch Stanford and UCLA play each other. <laughs> right. Pat 12 after dark was cool, man. Like when you had all the teams like Oregon and them coming on the East Coast time, it'd be like 1 30 in the morning. They know the yeah, football on the They watch. still playing. Yeah. So you just have to watch. be like, all right. <laughs> but okay, I it's it's a lot to keep track of because you know you got all the schools even to go to the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. So basically at this point, it's just gonna be the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the SEC at some point. Essentially. Yeah. Okay, Which honestly, when it comes to that. Like the quick, like the question we got, I'm not really too mad at that, cause I mean it makes it more interesting. It gives more teams chances. You feel me? To make it, and it, you get, bro. You you can get championship level games almost every week, like interco, like intercoastal games, like it's, it, 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 it can, it can. It's 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 gonna benefit college football more than it's gonna hurt it, just cause of financial game basically yeah it's just with the the new way of things everything now is about tv and screaming back in the day you know you had more people actually going to the games because it wasn't all these tv channels where you can just sit back and watch and scream the games so like back in the 80s and 90s you kind of had to kind of go to the game call the games were gonna be on tv at the same time like it is now so it's good in that aspect i think the negative side of it, uh, you you losing a lot of like regional rivalries. So for like the real diehard yeah. fans, like you losing like the Oregon, Red Oregon River, State. I think that's mm-hmm. called one. The yep. Tet, yeah, the uh, all yeah, basically all the down south rivalries is kind of like shredded at this point, which kind of sucks because yeah, those those were high those were hype games though. We even might lose UNC and Duke, bro. That's at some gonna point be in the that. Future. That's gonna be the worst angle. Like that's where that's where we might have to draw the line at, bro. Like I feel like I feel like that's where we might have to draw the line at. As long, bro, as long as we can play each other in basketball, cool. Like, but if that if that cancels out, we that's where we draw the line, bro. Like, you can't do that. We not even gonna watch college basketball no more for that. Like, what? Like, if you do that, what's the point of watching college basketball? Like, exactly, man. Like to everybody from North Carolina, that would be. Like one of the worst days in sports. That's history. blasphemous. Like we yeah. wouldn't need like as a state, we wouldn't even want to watch college basketball no more. Cause I don't know if you heard about the rumors with the ACC. Uh I don't know how soon it's gonna happen, but you got a lot of these teams in the ACC yeah, not. Yeah, Florida happy. State. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like Florida State and I forgot well, one more Clemson we're talking is not about. happy. Yeah, what Florida State not happy for? They ain't been on nothing in years, but exactly. they've been terrible. Like, what, like, like, come on, bro. Like, we would understand if it was UNC or Duke, but it's for, come on, Florida State. It's Seminoles. It, it, y'all are the Seminoles, bro. Yep. And, and that's the thing where we call it sports right now. It's like, even with the professional, it's like the professional range. It's like football and all the other sports take a back seat. So basically, now your football team has to be relevant 
So that's why Florida State, even though they haven't, their football team been hasn't been relevant in like ten years, uh, but they still got the brand like Florida State, Miami, the Clemson's. They still got the brand like uh, yeah, their football programs. People, a lot of people still follow them. So they're they're mad that the ACC's TV deal it pays them like twenty million dollars less than like the um, Big Ten and the ACC's deal with ESPN. So basically, Florida State mm-hmm. wants out of their ACC deal to go to like the SEC. Clemson also wants out. They haven't really spoke up too much recently, but I know Clemson, Florida State, and Miami, UNC, all the big-time ACC schools with national brands, they want out because they feel like they should make more or just as much as these schools in the SEC. Like, you got to go to SEC like Vanderbilt. Like, who cares about Vandy? But they're making way more than UNC, Florida State, and Clemson is with a TV deal. So these schools in the ACC looking like, yeah, why are we locked into these bad deals? We want out. We want to go to the SEC or Big Ten so we can make more money for our athletic program, essentially. So... That's what that's everybody behind. Trying to, everybody trying to come to different roof. That's crazy. Yep. Everybody trying to team up, yeah. bro. That, that's why it's crazy how like, in 10 years, the UNC might be in the Big Ten, man, which would be crazy. It wouldn't even feel right. It's not going to feel right, bro. It's not. It's just, it. like I said, it's going to be cool, though, because we get, you get more matchups that you would never think you would get to see in life. Yep. Cause just imagine you it, it football. I kind of like it better football wise though. Yeah. Cause cause college basketball, everybody already get a chance with March Madness, but football mm-hmm. don't don't all schools get a chance. So that's what I'm saying. Oh. It should. It, it, I just wish you could separate it. Like you could do all the combining and stuff of football, but keep basketball the same. Like I just wish you could do something like that. Cause basketball is fine. Football is the only thing that really needs like. Help really, in my opinion, but yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Florida State tripping, bro. They they claim the fame right now is having little Tyler mention them in their songs, so they need to calm down just a little bit. Clemson, uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, y'all ain't been good since Deshaun Watson. We all know how that how that went, <laughs> but uh, this, I, I'm kind of you know when it come to me, you know, college football is kind of hard to like. I, I like football, so I'm watch it. But, you know, it's kind of hard for me to get invested. But this will kind of be crazy because you get – because basically, like uh, uh, Cal Harris said, we'll be getting games basically all day long on, like, Saturdays, basically mm-hmm. all day long. From the morning, afternoon, late afternoon, all the way in, you know, the basically you said Pac-12 after dark, but it's going to be something else after dark, basically. Big but, 10 after dark. Because <laughs> they've been the Big yeah, 10 getting so, all the West Coast teams, it seems like. <laughs> We could we could end up getting like a Ohio Ohio State in USC. UCLA on a random a USC on a random Saturday night at like one thirty twelve at night so yep. so that that's that's cool it, so we just have to see how it go but I can say I'm somewhat of a fan of it as long as as long as it's dealing with football because like I said basketball is fine. Yeah, I'm I'm just interested to see how these conferences are going to play out because it's still a long ways to go. I really want to see what the, the Pac-4 is going to do because it's either the conference going to dissolve and the remaining four teams going to have to join another conference or either the Pac-4 to become 12 again. Uh, they're going to have to recruit. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I feel like that's, that, it's just going to dissolve. Yeah, so you think they're going to dissolve and um, the four main schools going to basically join another conference pretty much? They yeah. ain't got no choice. Cause I was about to say, cause it's big, like we said, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, and the SEC. Other than that, what other conferences is going? 
be like we need to consolidate when you already got the big three already there. So exactly, it's gonna be the big three and everybody else. So those four schools that's left from the pack, they're gonna have to probably go to a conference that's smaller if they want to remain in the conference. They're gonna go somewhere like the American Athletic Conference. The Sun, Sun. I don't even know or what the Mountain the, West. I don't even know what. The, yeah, I was say it's so many. I can't even think right now. The AAC is the next big, biggest conference after the the Power Five conferences, which we we about to no longer have a Power Five for real. If the Pac twelve go down, so I don't know what they're gonna do about that. So I'm hearing rumors that the American Athletic Conference might try to recruit those schools, or either the Mountain West might try to recruit those schools. But it'll be more beneficial for them to go to the American because what really hurt them, they basically just got all West Coast schools. So basically, the most of the population in America lives on the East Coast in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, anyway. So, so. their TV deal wasn't that great because you're not having as many viewers because you basically just got the people that live out west watching your games. So if they join a conference that got schools in like the Central and Eastern time zone, a school like Oregon State or Washington State, they're going to have more eyes watching the screen because, you know, people out east will be up watching them or they'll play earlier if they come to the East Coast. So them probably coming to the American, joining with American Conference probably be the best move for real. Yeah, just to give, because if you put them in the AAC, I mean that'll be that'll be pretty good. That'll have that'll be some good competition in there. Sure, we can see uh, Stanford come to Greenville and play ECU, which would be crazy. <laughs> I say any West Coast team coming down here, coming down this way would be crazy. Yep. So yeah, that'll be good, and it'd be good for a school like ECU too, because if those four schools, they'll join, probably pay them. They're going to pay them more money. They're probably yeah. paying. Yeah. Which means better facilities and better recruits, too. So I hope that happens for real, man. But, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'm, I'm just ready to see that and what happens to the ACC in the next couple years. All it's going to take is for one ACC school to make that move and get out of there. Then the ACC might start to crumble also. It's a wrap, bro. It's, it's going to be a wrap, man. And then you're going to have these schools like, like NC State, Wake Forest out here just looking like, all right, what are we supposed to do now? Exactly, cause they not part of the big, the, the big groups in the ACC, man. They not on UNC's or Clemson's or Duke or Miami level when it comes to the national brands. And just imagine how state fans gonna be acting in another conference if they get mad in the AC in the <laughs> ACC. Right. Just imagine how bad they gonna be acting in another conference. Right. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a sight to see. Fast, man. They already can't win the ACC, man, so I already know they go somewhere else. <laughs> all, all hell going to break loose in the fan base. <laughs> For real, bro. Man. All right, man. So we'll move on from college football to the NFL. Uh, I forgot to put this on the, on the notes, but first topic with the NFL I want to discuss is this running back situation out here. I just want to hear your opinion on the running back situation in the NFL. Well, they going on strike. Request everybody wanting to get paid, requesting trades. I uh, say Jonathan Taylor, star running back for the Colts, was just the most recent. And they signed a real slavey over there. The agent ain't, I don't know what his agent on. And Jim Ursay was just like, bro, I don't know what you you tweaking. You're not going nowhere. You tripping. Like, right. you ain't going nowhere else. <laughs> But basically, they just want to get paid. I mean, the Giants chose Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about he might just have to say fuck the Giants and move on. 
But I think they, they, I think they're, I don't, I don't think they got a, did they get, they didn't get a deal done yet, did they? Saquon, um, yeah, yeah, Saquon got a deal just for one year though. He basically took like twelve million dollars, basically the, like the franchise tag. Yeah, but it basically tagged him, which basically means he's gonna be gone. Basically, mm-hmm. after after this year, he's gonna be gone, which that's that's gonna be they that's gonna be their downfall for sure. But yeah, like I said, him, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, like the running back market is really slim, like. It's all, all like a lot of running backs that are free agents ain't even got signed yet. Which it'll, Hunt, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. Cook. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen closer. It'll happen closer to the season, which is getting closer right now. So it'll happen mm-hmm. probably like a week, like before the season. But like the running back market is just, is just real slow. I about to say they even. I think Zeke. I think Zeke came to visit with us uh, in New England. I think he think he come to visit with us. Mm-hmm. I guess he can. I, I guess he can come. We need. We need like a third down. We need a third angle. Like we need a third down back anyway. So I mean, you can cook Philip a roster spot for that. I guess. <laughs> but I, man, I they just want to get paid. Which they're not. They. I don't think they're gonna end up. The evolution of the of that position is not gonna come, bro. They're not gonna be getting paid. They might as no. well just. I, yeah, they're not gonna be getting paid, bro. They might as well just give it up. They're not. They're not gonna get paid, bro. Le'Veon Bell didn't change it, and I everybody else didn't change it. It's not gonna change. Exactly. It, it's a quarterback and wide receivers league now. The way the the league is played, and unless you're a running back, that's like a Christian McCaffrey who basically can be like a wide receiver running back combo and be great at both. You're not you're gonna not get paid. paid. And he basically one of the only ones like that. Honestly. He anomaly. Like he's really anomaly for real. There's nobody else like him in the league. Literally. It's it's literally nobody. Like bro can probably like legit just be a straight wide receiver and he'll still be like that. He'd be a good slot definitely receiver. Could. Oh, he'll definitely be a great slot receiver. Wouldn't take as many hits anymore. Especially so, yeah. how the how did today's game is played. Right. Like I, the I feel for the, the field should be wide open. I do too, because it's like they're basically one of the most important pieces on the team. Really, even though you can win with the average running back, it's just like still like we we're still important. Like you got to block. I would say we got to pass block, run the ball, like pass catch. They got to like we got to do it all, and I feel like they should be paid like it too. And the running back taking the most beatings out of like any position. In football, by far, like if you're a running back, you're going to get hit. It's no way around not getting hit. No matter how good you are, you're yeah. going to get hit every play. <laughs> behind behind the lineman, you're literally in a car crash every play. Every play. So that's why I feel them. I get them holding out for their money because they have the shortest career spans out of any position. The average running back prime is going to last three like to five. exactly three to five at the most, and you lucky to even get three. Right. You look. You you good enough that maybe have like maybe two to three good years and probably like the rest gonna be mediocre thousand yard seasons or close to not getting thousand yard seasons like unless you just like 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 you said an anomaly of a running back where you can just accumulate yards by more than rushing well uh, yeah rushing the ball. The only two running backs I can think of in our lifetimes that has had very long careers and that was good for long periods of time is Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. Peterson. Yeah, Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. That's it. That's it. We ain't seen... I feel like Nick Chubb might be the next one of those. That's just my opinion, though. 
Cause he's been healthy like every year so far. He's been very healthy. And I about to say he done, he already done had all his catastrophic injuries in college. Yeah. So I feel like he's gonna be the next one of those. I like that. I like that. But as we said, bro, it's not gonna happen. Just because running backs are also the most replaceable position, you can literally go out and find a running back in the fifth round, and they go out there and rush for a thousand yards. Isaiah Pacheco, exactly. <laughs> basically. <laughs> Which is Clyde, it was hilarious. The Chiefs did it twice. Yep. I hate them. But uh <laughs> Yeah, man. It's all I, about the system and O line. Like if you got a good O line, it can make any running back look solid for real. I E Z his first couple years in Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what these GMs are doing now, they basically just drafting running backs late, later in the drafts. Running them all up, using them the first three years to that rookie contract is over with, then throwing them to the side and repeat the process over again. You gotta pay him. Exactly. And always drafting the back of on your contract. Yeah, that's when you know something is gonna be up. Know you about to be up. Might as well have your bags packed, man. It's, it's a <laughs> it's an evil world we live in, but hey, I'ma just keep living. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the NFL is so much different than, like, baseball and basketball, too. Baseball, you basically, you got, like, 26 guys you got to pay for on your roster. NBA, you only got, like, 12 to 15 guys you got to pay for. NFL, you got, like, 50-something guys on the roster you got to pay for. So, of course, everybody can't get paid on the NFL roster, especially with the salary cap that they have. I mean, it's just impossible, mathematically impossible for everybody to get paid, so... A position is going to take the hit, and it's sad. The running back is that position that's taking the hit more than all the other positions. Yeah, because even the linemen out here getting paid. Oh, yeah. All you got to do is be a mediocre lineman, bro. You're going to get the bag. Bro, you're going to get paid. Like Some team is going to give you a bag to attempt to come block for their quarterback. Yep. Okay, so it's so hard to find good offensive linemen out here. So all you got to do is be average. And you're going to stay in the league for 10 plus years and get paid. And so, so we, and forget the running backs, man. We got to, <laughs> we got we to gotta talk about another position, man. You know, why we going to talk about the wide receiver position, man. You know, you know, the wide receiver free agent market. Basically gonna talk about DeAndre Hopkins wanting to sign. I know that hurt you. With the ten, with the Tennessee Titans because he wanted a quarterback that loved the game. <laughs> what quarterback on that team got a love for the game? D Hop. I understand you don't play with the Matt Shobbs. You don't play with the with the with the Brock Osweilers probably. TJ Yates. You don't you TJ Yates. You don't you don't play with them all, bro. But like. You want to go play? He said, "I want a quarterback that got a love for the game." <laughs> he said he wanted to win and contend for a championship, but you choose to go to the Tennessee Titans, bro. That's what you choose to do. I mean, I can't blame I mean, you fully. <laughs> I blame Bill Belichick for this. I can't blame you fully, but it's like, come on, bro. Like that's what you wanted to do. That's I just crazy. hate. I just hate when like like athletes just lie when everybody knows what the truth like, is. We know he took whoever like, gave him the most money. I mean, that was the end of the discussion. Whoever gave him the bag, it, that's where he was going. And Tennessee offered him the most money. It hit different when you when you whooping like that, D. It hit different when you lie like that. It hit different. But 
I'm, I was disappointed, bro. I was just like, bro, you really like you really could have came and contended with a championship with us, even though our division, I ain't gonna lie, our division is the best division in football. The AFC East is the best division in football right now, currently constructed. Which I never thought I'd be able to say. Which I actually I did. I did. I knew that AFC East was gonna be lit, but I didn't think I was gonna be able to say it was it's the best division in football. It came up in the last five years because well, when Brady was there, it was just the Patriots and everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, like you, was, you had QBs was, like yeah. Ryan Tannehill and I mean who was Jets QB at the time? I don't even know. Uh, Tyrod Taylor yeah. had Joe Flacco. Uh, bro, I can't even remember none of the Jets quarterbacks for real. Like and who, who was the QB before uh, Josh Allen got there? I know uh, Fitzpatrick. Man, one year Fitzpatrick, Tyrod. Bro, one you, year. they had they had EJ Manuel, Tyrod Taylor. They had a lot of black quarter. They had a lot of black quarterbacks in that time frame. I think low key. Now look at the quarterbacks in the division, bro. You got Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Tua. Tua. I ain't. <laughs> Matt Jones, the worst one. But yep. I'm still riding with my dog. <laughs> I don't care what nobody else still riding with my dog, bro. I don't care. Him and Tua are basically the same person, bro. I'm not. I'm not going. And he, and he could really be if Tua. 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 Only thing Tua got over him is that he can run. Other than that, they the same. They really the same quarterback for him, in my opinion. Yeah, Tua like a left-handed version of <laughs> Matt Jones, basically. Tua just got better weapons. Yeah, more speed. So he just got to place the ball. Man, forget all that. Back to D Hop, though. Bro. What is, <laughs> what's up, man? Like you better like you and Dan Henry. I don't even know how that like how are like how is that even gonna work? They gonna throw the ball more? Like like I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. They, they're a real coach team. I get it though. Yeah, they're gonna have to change their game plan up. Cause to me, if you sign somebody like D Hop, you don't need to have a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill back there. You need a quarterback that can get the ball down the field. So to me, I would just throw Will Levis out there and see what he got. Cause I would take a chance on him. Cause we know what Tannehill is. We know what he is. So he weak. If you, yeah, he weak. He's mediocre. Like he's but very you- mediocre. And it's like they think they gonna win, but they might not need. They they got they now they still have a chance to win the division, but they not they Jacksonville all day. I'm taking the Jags. That's what I feel. I feel like Jacksonville after after what Trevor Lawrence did in that playoff game last year, throwing he threw five. That's I still can't believe that bro threw five interceptions in the first won. half. He came back and dropped thirty five <laughs> plus on on dudes and won. <laughs> That's that. That's not getting or I that's not that's not getting talked about enough. Like bro, I, I was just thinking I, that too. I, like people letting them get the Chargers get away with that. They let them get away with like, it. Bro, we, I, <laughs> like bro, I remember specifically remember that night, bro, because that, that was that was the turn that was the brand that was the Brandon Ingram classic night. You feel me? And that game and we went out to eat and we was I was like, bro. <laughs> by the time we got back to the whip to go home, bro, they was they was up. Like they was up. <laughs> And they was down like thirty to zip at half. It, bro, it, man, it was ridiculous. I, it's not getting talked about enough, but I don't even think that they'll end up winning the division this year. But uh, how good Jacksonville looking? Right. Then I but think, I think was, right, Mike Vrabel was a great coach, though. Yeah, I like Vrabel very, very much. So he's definitely the best coach to come from the Belichick tree right now in the league. They're going to be solid. I mean, they're going to be decent because, I mean, as long as they got Darren Henry, they're going to be decent. It, it, they just yeah, need a new game right. plan. New I say you got three court, you got quarterbacks. Who, who going to be starting? I think Malik Willis is, is done for, for real. 
That's crazy. I don't even know how that, like, they did him dirty. Like, was he that? Like, he couldn't have been that bad, bro. Like, he couldn't have been that bad. They didn't give him enough time to develop. Like, everybody knew coming into last year, Malik Willis was a long-term project. He one of those guys that you just draft and keep stashed for, like, three, three plus years or something. Just let them sit back and develop. And to me, they they gave up on him too quick. So they overreacted and drafted Will Levis. Because they're like, oh, yeah, Tannehill ain't taking us nowhere. So Another got... project. Exactly. My thing with Tennessee is, man, if you're going to go beautiful quarterback, you should have traded all the way up to the top five and got one of Anthony Richardson or CJ Scrout or Bryce Young for real. Yeah, you was going to do that. Like, you was like, oh, we already got Ryan Tannehill, so we just going to wait to j-. Like, bro, yo, if you think about it, they necessity really is quarterback and receiver. Mm-hmm. And you address the receiver thing in the offseason, so you really could have just drafted a quarter, like a better quarterback. And going back to like year four, like last year, or whatever, all this could have been avoided anyway with the D Hop thing if they would just kept AJ Brown, which still made no sense why they got rid of him. <laughs> like that was dumb. They just didn't want to pay him. That's what it was. Which is dumb. Like mm-hmm. I understand, like paying out paying a running back, but you in this day and age, you got to pay your receivers too. You got to have a receiver. You you can't win without having a number one receiver. Exactly. You can't. Like, back in the 80s, you couldn't win without having a top running back. But now you can't win without having a top receiver. Even if it's a tight end. Like, you just can't. Right. You can't win without a a, a number one receiver on your team. Because, like, the Chiefs, for instance, like, after Tyree, they don't have a, a stereotypical number one receiver. But Travis Kelsey essentially is that number one receiver at tight end. But, exactly. And they basically just got, they going to have Justin Ross, Kadarius Tony. They got they got they got some pieces around. Scott bro, Moore, they got Travis a lot of speed. Kidd. Oh yeah, they gonna be dangerous. I hate them. I really hate them. I really do. I I <laughs> I, I I like them just because I'm a fan of the game. But like they just annoy me so bad, bro. Like they not gonna go anywhere. You know, as long as Mahomes and Kelsey there, bro, Andy Reid, they gonna keep winning every year, no matter I want, what. I want I want <laughs> Joe Burrow to do it again so bad. Like I really, like I want all them. I want Herbert. I want Trevor. I want somebody to do something. Like do something, bro. Like do Joe something. Burrow. Joe Burrow, like the only quarterback in the AFC right now who I have confidence that can beat them. The rest of them, I, I'm not there yet. I have confidence if Justin Herbert had a better coach. Exactly. That's why I'm not there yet. To me, Joe Burrow, the Bengals are the only team right now in the AFC that, that can potentially stand in their way. At this point, bro, I take Aaron Rodgers doing it, bro, with the Jets. I take <laughs> that. You already know how I feel about him, bro. Yeah. You feel me? He are, he took the 12 off. That's cool. But you already know. I take him. You feel me? Beating, bro. I take it, bro. I ain't going to cap. That's how you know I'm desperate. Dang, you know you desperate, That's how you know I'm desperate. Aaron Rodgers, you said something about like Aaron Rodgers that <laughs> Dad. No, you know it's you know I'm desperate when I'm dependent on him to do something for me. <laughs> Dang, was well, you ready for the Chiefs to quit chiefing out here? But they not though, man. They they not nope. they snoop dog out here. They not gonna stop, bro. They they about, they basically indestructible right now for real. <laughs> like it just is look, it at is. least at the end of the day, D-Hop ain't go to the Chiefs or the Bills. That's what I was really scared of the most. Yeah. But I'm just he wanted that he bag, bro. Us. If he if he didn't want that bag, he definitely would have signed with the Chiefs for real. If it was about winning, he he went to the Chiefs a thousand percent. That would have basically been a guarantee almost for him. 
I yeah, just did. I still can't believe we blew it as an organization. Once again, we just blew it. Like, yeah, this is y'all go surprised. He would have been the best receiver y'all had in a long time. A long, long time. <laughs> I can't even think of the last time y'all had a wide receiver that year. Randy Moss, bro. That's the last time, bro. <laughs> yep. Josh Gordon don't count. He was a druggie. He didn't count, yeah, no, bro. We no. didn't have him for that long, bro. No. And even at he Josh Gordon's best, he, he ain't on D-Hop level. Even at his best, he's not even close to D-Hop anyway. Yeah, even high, he not on D-Hop level, bro. <laughs> you feel me? But shout out, shout out Josh Gordon, though. Shout out Josh Gordon. But, uh... I just, man, we blew it, bro. I don't know how the season going to go for us now, bro. We just got Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, That's why I'm ready for the next, our next episode when we do the um, NFL preview and make all our predictions. I'm ready, I'm ready to see what you're going to predict for your boys. Man, they got us coming in last, bro. Like, we won't even last last year. I understand I it's because Tua got hurt. Yeah. I get it, but it's like, bro, they did us, Smitty, bro. They said we got a 13% chance. I'm like, yo, we suck, bro. I get it, bro, because somebody got to finish last no matter what. And like you said, y'all got the best division, so somebody got to finish last. We suck, bro. We suck, bro. I get it. The only thing I got faith in is our defense. That's the only thing I got faith in. And and out of everybody, we probably got the – Worst defense for real, for real. But we, but it's not, it's not worse. It's not the worst though. Like, yeah, man, it's whack. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. It's it's a bad, it's it's a bad feeling, bro. Like, it's, I ain't got Brady no more, so it's 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 not looking good for me, bro. Uh, it's not looking good. <laughs> I'm still man, looking forward to the season, though. for sure. Speaking of looking forward to the season, NFL preseason is kicking off. Well, it already has kicked off technically with the Hall of Fame game. So it's about to get in full swing beginning this week, this coming up weekend. So is there anything you're looking for in the preseason uh, for any of the teams in the league or for the Patriots specifically? Uh, For us, it's really our rookie Christian Gonzo, Christian Gonzalez, the, the corner we drafted in the first round, basically probably the best corner prospect in the draft. That's really who I'm looking for the most, honestly. And probably Kayshawn Bouti, another receiver that we drafted. I'm just I'm just looking for the players that I feel like are gonna make a difference on our squad. Those are the two biggest ones. But other than that, man, I'm just the quarterback situation, Bailey Zappi and Matt Jones. I'm ready to see what I wanna see what my boy Mac and Cheese is gonna do this year with a with an offensive coordinator. That's I ready this for for people to stop talking about my dog. Like he ain't have a have somebody inexperienced calling plays last year. I don't even want to say his name. I don't even, I don't even rock with bro like that. I don't even want to say his name. We know who he <laughs> is, though. Yeah, it, to me, this is like Matt Jones' proof of year for real. He he finally got a real OC, so I, I want to see what he can do with a real OC. So, to me, this is proof of year, so I'm ready to see if he's going to be able to take that next step, next level or not. Man, this Bill Belichick prove of year, too, in my opinion. Yeah, too, because... He's he's falling off big time since Brady left. Let's just be real. I think that's another reason why they predict y'all to finish the last two. Just because Belichick so far hasn't shown that his offenses are advanced enough to keep up with the times in the league. He's too old. School. It's not, bro. We have no speed. Like and you ain't winning. Only like speed that. we got is Taekwon. Und- uh, yeah, we drafted him last year. And I think another receiver that we drafted last year, or this year, I think. He got like some speed, but like other than that, bro, we have no speed on the team. 
Like it's our strength has just always been our defense, but we gotta you gotta upgrade your offense, bro. You, you gotta, gotta score to if you wanna win the league nowadays, no matter what. So I don't know. I, I'm still excited. I'm just not it's just I'm just not I just don't want us to be last, bro. I just don't want us to be last. I'm just gonna pray. I don't want nobody <laughs> to get injured from the other uh, other squads. I just don't want us to yeah. be last. Yeah, that that was um, that's a main key right there too. What you just said, hoping for a health. Everybody stay healthy through preseason. With Sally, I know you know there are gonna be some injuries because football. There already has yeah, been some well already. You yeah, get well soon, Joe Burrow and uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yep. MCL and calf strains. Well, I was scared, bro. I was so scared, bro. I was like, bro, we starting up. I forgot what season it was, bro. It was like the twenty seventeen or. 2018 season or it was either 2016 2017 where everybody was getting hurt Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers got hurt that year so many people got hurt that year so I was scared uh, JJ Watt it was just so many I, I just thought it was going to be another one of those years I was scared when, when we got those two notifications yeah so when I heard they, that they'd probably be able to come back well I know Jalen Ramsey going to miss the first couple games Joe Burrow said he might be ready but when the season first starts so yeah, that's definitely yeah. good that's good so, yeah, I hope everybody stay healthy. And I'm looking. I just want to see what the young quarterbacks do, too, in preseason. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Scroud, Will Levis. And then also my boy Sam Howell uh, with Washington. I'm yeah. ready to see what he's going to do, too. Yeah, I feel like he's going like to ball, man. That shit is me, though. I, I feel like he's going to ball. That, him and De'Ami Brown, I feel like they're going to ball. That UNC, I feel like that UNC connection, I feel like they're going to ball. And the crazy thing is with Sam Howell, I don't understand why he, he didn't get more hype coming out of college because Mitch Trubisky got more hype than him, and Sam Howell was way better than Mitch Trubisky. He's he way better than him, bro. Yeah. I don't get it either, bro. Like, Sam Howell was really in the Heisman conversations like two years in a row, bro, and, yep. like, he ain't getting no hype. That's what the ACC talking about, bro, because if he was on, like, prime time, he, yeah. Yeah. If he was in the SEC or Big Ten, for sure, all the eyeballs would have been on him. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see him ball out too. And then I'm ready to just we see some more commanders. of the Panthers young receivers. <laughs> that might yeah. not be for long. I heard they trying to change the name again with a new ownership About group. About time because management, yeah, yeah, that whole that whole organization is a shit show. I just don't know what they'll go to next, but I'm ready to see what that what the rebrand is gonna be. Fast guy, I never liked the commander's name from the jump. Anyway, it was, it was terrible to me. The Washington football team sounded harder. That the Washington football yeah. team was hard on the low. Yeah, Commanders just don't sound like a professional team to me. It just sounds like some amateur league, some Canadian football league team or something. AFL. AFL. <laughs> yeah. AFL. It, yeah, it sounds like one of those CFL for sure. Even that gear, like their jerseys, look so generic. Or like I would never spend a hundred something dollars on one of them generic looking jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. And all they got on their hats and their logo is just a big giant W. w. That's it. Plain. Everything is plain. Ugly, big, ugly, big, ugly ass W. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm not a fan of their tank. I would hate rocking, trying to rock their gear. <laughs> like, ain't no way. That's why the old, the old heads still rock all the Redskins gear still. Yeah, they be they be rocking it. They definitely be rocking it, boy. <laughs> But yeah, the only other thing I'm looking forward to a preseason, um, the Panthers' young receivers, especially Jonathan Mingo and Terrace Marshall. Uh, I'm ready to see what they're going to look like. I think Terrace Marshall got a chance to really break out this year, 
And Mingo, I heard he was real slipping on in the draft. So I'm just ready to see what them boys going to look like with Bryce Young out there and see what kind of offense we're going to run now Now that we actually have actual offensive NFL coaches, man. So definitely going to be looking forward to that. So preseason about to start up. I hope it go by fast. I ain't going to lie. I'm regular for this regular season to start up. And then we be out here, be ready, man. So next episode, like I said, we're going to definitely – Talk more in depth. Like, this is basically going to be an NFL exclusive episode out here. We're going to cover, preview the NFL, make our predictions, talk about fantasy football and everything, man. So, y'all just stay tuned for that. But, yeah, man, until next episode, we done with the football. Now we in our home yeah. stretch. Yeah, home stretch. I can't wait for next episode, though. Right. For sure. We definitely going to be lit talking about football in this. But, home stretch. Uh, no eyes on NC this week. Um, Dog of the week. I actually have two dogs of the week this week. Got to start off with my girl. We mentioned earlier down to Rossi, man. Scoring her 10,000 point in the W and dropping 42 points versus Atlanta. Shot 12 or 21 from the field, man. So what better way to drop 10,000 points and drop 40 in the game? Like Young Master mentioned earlier, her and MJ, the only two ever to do it. Um, then my other dog of the week is uh, my boy Matt Olsen, first baseman from the Atlanta Braves. Been on a tear. This last month or so, man, just in the last seven days, four home runs, 10 RBIs, and seven hits, man. Missed my boy Freddie still, but, hey, Matt Olsen right behind him, man. Second best first baseman in baseball. So, down to Tarasi, Matt Olsen, y'all my dogs of the week. Uh, see, I definitely agree with the Diana Tarasi dog of the week. You know, we talked about that earlier. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, just to, just to be a little different, Cause uh SummerSlam, WWE SummerSlam was just uh last night. So I'ma be I'ma give my dog of the week to to a new champion. Her name is uh EO Sky. She's the new undisputed WWE women's champion. She cashed in on Bianca Belair after she had won the triple threat between her, Oscar, and Charlotte Flair. Uh she was she was got injured during the match and um EO Sky came in and cashed in on her, but yeah, that's a, uh, my dog of the week, the new uh, undisputed WWE Women's Champion, EO Sky. That's my dog of the week. Yes, sir. There y'all have it. That's our dogs of the week. See, y'all know what time it is next, man. MVP time, young master, man. What you been listening to recently? Man, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of good music dropping. It's Since I know that we gonna come back in a little bit for another episode. I'm not gonna do all of them right now. I'ma just give I'ma just give like my biggest the biggest highlights for me. Which is probably probably only gonna be about two or three. But I gotta start off with uh the pink tape with my boy Lil Uzi though. I ain't gonna lie, cause I don't think I got to talk about it on here yet. And honestly, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, a lot of people, you know, of course didn't enjoy it. It's Lil Uzi. It was different aspects of music on the album, like rock and some other stuff. But yeah, Pink Tate, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, favorite tracks from Pink Tate, Crush Em, Amped, uh, Spin Again, of course, That Fire, I Gotta. Mom, I'm sorry. All alone. Uh, Days come and go is probably my favorite favorite song off there. But uh, Pink Tape was amazing. Uh, 
Next, I'm uh, just to be quick. I ain't gonna. I ain't even do that. I accidentally just played the song. But next, <laughs> I'll probably go with uh, Post Malone. I ain't gonna lie. Everybody know how I feel about Post Malone. I feel like he's definitely one of the greatest hit makers. You feel me of this generation? But he dropped an album, a pop album. You know, he, he starting to everybody know he feel like he was a culture vulture. You know, he started off, you know, with the white Iverson. You know, now he talking about, you know, cigarettes, beers, and drugs. You know all that. But his album Austin, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, anything in it give me old pop vibes. I enjoy seventeen track album. He released it July twenty eighth. Uh, favorite tracks are Chemical, Nova Candy. Morning in the speedometer is probably my favorite my favorite track off uh Austin by Post Malone. And last but not least is gonna be my last one for this one. Um, of course I said come back next time, hopefully soon with the rest of them because I've been listening to a, a lot of new music. But of course the last one is probably be Utopia by Travis Scott that just dropped not too long ago. Everybody would say this was his Yeezus. A lot of it's a lot of mixed reviews on Utopia, but I from the songs I enjoyed, favorite tracks, of course, Meltdown with Drake, probably one of his best uh one of his best features, Fiend, Playboy Cardi. Uh track 10, I know, probably my favorite, probably my favorite track on there. Uh Topia Twins featuring Rob 49, 21 Savage, uh Schizo featuring Young Thug. And telekinesis with SZA and Future Angle, like SZA part sounded real beautiful on that song. But yeah, those are my uh my suggestions for the MVP this week: Pink Tape, Lil Uzi, Austin, Post Malone, and Utopia. Travis Scott, man, MVP with your boy DJ Mass on the ones and twos forever and always. You feel me? There you go, folks. You heard it, Young Master, once again, giving y'all some knowledge about the latest upcoming music. And music that just dropped, man. So y'all go ahead and check everything out. He put y'all on to some good stuff, man, as usual. Man, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here with this episode, bro? Man, of course. I you know, I just mentioned it, you know, SummerSlam. So I gotta I gotta talk about it real quick before we get up out of here. Try not to be too long winded. It wasn't it wasn't too long of a car, so I'm gonna just try to fly through it. But yeah, WB SummerSlam, like I said, it was just last night, Saturday. Um, Matt, this is what the match car looked like. We had Logan Paul versus Ricochet, which was kind of like a it opened this night like a spot fit of a spot fest of a match, but it was a it was a good match nonetheless. Then we had uh the MMA rules match with Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey. It was real hard hitting. The ending might have not been the best, but them actually going in there actually like they was actually throwing them like throwing them bows in there, knees, elbows, punches. It was it was pretty realistic, but then it kind of was lackluster. Uh, then we had Drew McIntyre versus the Ring General Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, and it was it was an okay match. It wasn't better than the triple threat between Gunther, Sheamus, and she- uh, uh, Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, but it was a decent match nonetheless. Uh, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship was a good match, also. Had a lot of foolishness, foolishness going on with the Judgment Day and their whole storyline with Damian Priest and his uh, Money in the Bank briefcase costing Finn the match against Seth Rollins, which who retained his uh, World Heavyweight Championship. And the match I mentioned earlier, the triple threat for the WWE Women's title, Oscar, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte Flair, easily could have been 
match of the night with all, with the psychology with Bianca getting hurt, coming back, and the end ending sequence where it the ending sequence how she won the belt and then how the cash in with Eo Sky that whole that whole little segment within itself was really probably one of the moments of the night. Uh, Cody Rhodes and next we got Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar, the third match in their trilogy. And uh, my boy Cody Rhodes got the dove. Him and Brock had a little beautiful moment at the end of the match where you know Brock gave him his flowers. But that was a great match. And then last but not least, we had Tribal Combat, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns for the WWE Unis- uh, WWE Universal Championship. Um, blood. Of course, I talk about the Bloodline storyline all the time. Still one of the best things in wrestling. But man, it's 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 still getting good. Of course, uh, Roman Reigns retained his undisputed WWE Universal Championship, but with the help of Jay Uso's own brother Jimmy Uso turning on him, which is another wrinkle in the Bloodline storyline that we're gonna have to go through for like the next six months. Because in the press conference, Paul Heyman said, even though the Bloodline storyline has been going on for three years, he's only he says we're only, it's, he says like baseball, we're only in the bottom of the third inning, which is crazy when this whole storyline has been going on for three years. But yeah, SummerSlam was a good pay-per-view, man. All my wrestling fans, I know we enjoyed it. In my opinion, it's the best time to be a wrestling fan with uh, AEW, WWE, New Japan, ROH, a lot, of, a lot of good wrestling going on nowadays. But yeah, man. It, Go check out SummerSlam clips on YouTube or go check out the whole show on uh, Peacock, man. But yeah, that's my uh, final thoughts. Cool, cool. Appreciate that wrestling knowledge, young master, giving us the update. And appreciate yeah, y'all, man. Too, man. Oh, yeah. You the wrestling expert over here, bro. Appreciate everybody for listening to another 2412 podcast episode. Uh, like I said, next episode we'll be back with our NFL preview. And we're gonna just gonna talk straight football in this episode, man. So y'all just stay tuned. And don't forget to hit us up on all socials and streaming platforms at the 2412 pod. So yeah, man. It's your boy Jalen signing out. It's your boy Keith Twan, aka Master, man. We out this thing. Game. Deuces. <laughs>